What can you do to help encourage your family's purity in this digital age? Introducing Accountable to You, software for all of the major operating systems that facilitates openness, transparency, and integrity between individuals and families through comprehensive, easy-to-read reporting. How does it work? Simply install Accountable to You on your laptops, desktops, and mobile devices. Then set an accountability partner for each device. For example, you might want to be the accountability partner for your kids, while setting your devices to report to your spouse or someone in your church. Accountability partners will then receive daily or weekly reports on device activity. Our sophisticated system can also send instant text alerts if something objectionable is detected, so partners can check in immediately. Learn more by visiting our website today, www.accountable2u.com. Hey y'all, welcome to Cross Politic. We are live. This won't be streaming live, but we are live here at the CREC Presbytery here in Monroe, council. Louisiana. Council, we call it council? Bro, it's both. Okay. What why was it both? Because there's Presbytery's meeting and council meeting. Both. That So for that the didn't ba- explain anything. Wait, wait. <laughs> so for our Baptist brothers and sisters, what in the world is a presbytery? Yeah. Well, um, so what we do, so a presbytery in the beginning <laughs> is not good for man to be alone. Okay, right? okay. And the presbytery begins. Okay. <laughs> Pastor Toby Chalk Knox, I'm the Water Boy. This is uh, Pastor Jerry Owen and Pastor Yuri Burrito. Uh, you are also Burrito. Burrito. That's it, right? That's burrito. it, right? Burrito. burrito. Close enough. Close enough. No, no, I don't want to be close enough. <laughs> Brito. 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 Hey, I, we got We can't be doing this, man. Next thing you know, it's like all these racists on this show don't know how to say the name. No, we ain't doing that. I was just trying to correct it from Brito. Burrito. He just called you burrito. And I'm like, this is Brito. Brito. So you are pastor of Providence, right? That's right. Providence Church in Pensacola, Florida. Pensacola, Florida. And Jerry Owen, you're Emmanuel. Emmanuel Church in Bothell, Washington. There you go. Which is right near Seattle. Hey, guys, cheers. Christ is king. Well, this is from a distance. This is my first time at a at a CRAC council slash presbytery. How long have you been in the CRAC, Gabe? Yeah. How, uh, how long have you been in CRAC, Gabe? I've been in CRAC since two thousand two. It's your first time. So it's my first time. So yeah, I just didn't invite him. Is what you're well, saying? No, I mean, <laughs> this is the first time we invited him. Okay. Yeah. It, that is true. It's been a rough year. <laughs> well, that is true. We're sl- slumier. <laughs> and it was even me that invited him. It wasn't even this, like, uh, no, Jerry, Jared, Jared Ritchie. Like, Jared Ritchie yeah. extended the official invitation. Yeah. I let him. To, to, cross, to cross politics, so it's not even about me. Um, but one of the things I've really um, enjoyed is actually the, the fellowship of the council. I know um, normally denominations have their factions, mm-hmm. and I'm sure our, ours does a little bit at some level, but, you know, the PCA's got the conservative <laughs> PCA. Uh, well, it always happens. It's just natural. It's just human natural. Yeah. I mean, name names over time. <laughs> I'll, I'll do that later okay. after this glass of wine. <laughs> yes, uh, he will. <laughs> but like the PCA's got like the conservative um, movement, and then they got the uh, was it the gospel? do they do yeah, they though? They they, no, oh, really sorry. Not. I mean, okay. not, not that effective. <laughs> Jerry, um, S- SBC has their woke faction, has the founders boys, yep. and all that. Yep. So while are, are the CRC's younger, so some of these things haven't as developed or matured as much right I, but I've, I've really appreciated like the fellowship um and seeing all the pastors i've known a lot of you guys for yep. i've known jerry since college 
Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. We, we yeah. Story I stay strong. <laughs> <laughs> Was it you staying strong or me? I mean, really. The CREC. Ask anyone. <laughs> so just for anybody that's curious, CREC yeah, stands what is for Communion of Reformed Evangelical Churches. Mm-hmm. Um, cross Baltic guys, we're members at Christ Church in Moscow, Idaho, um, where Pastor Doug is the lead the senior pastor. Um, Christ Church is one of the founding um, churches of the CREC, Communion of Reformed Evangelical Churches. They're actually um, a Christ church. Um, there was a church, and still is a church, in Wenatchee, Washington, and then a church in Seattle, right outside of Seattle, were the three founding churches um, in, like, what year was that? Like, 97? 1998. 98? 98. Yeah. So, um, uh, wow. Yuri, tell us a little bit about, like, what, I mean, what makes the CREC, I don't know, unique or special or different? Why are you here? Well, great question. Great question. So I've been in the CREC for 14, 14 years now, and I've seen um, um, a very happy progress in our domination. There, there are three components, I think, that really make the CREC what it is. There is a cultural component, there is a theological component, and then there's a liturgical component to it. Okay. The cultural component is, I think, the indoors the, into the, the CREC. The Brazilian element? The, the, the Latin component. Really. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, 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 yeah. No, that not, Oh, no. Uh, different, different tradition there. <laughs> you know, burritos and everything. It's wonderful. This Delicious. is where we, we samba our way through life here. <laughs> but the, the cultural component is a fascinating because I think it, it delves very deeply into the relational dimension of who we are as a people. This is back to the conversation on, on Adam and Eve. There is an, an aloneness to denominational life that I think the CREC has avoided, and we have been able to uh, continue this trend of communion in a very beautiful and strong way. So, mm-hmm. in a sense, our communion breathes a different vocabulary when it comes to relationships, and that has allowed a certain level of cohesiveness in the way we think about reality, mm-hmm. cultural, political, mm-hmm. sociological issues, and I think that has been the one of the strongest points of who we are as a people. The cultural dimension, well, of course. Well, yeah, go ahead. What is different about, let's say, the CREC cultural dimension versus like the PCA or SBC or something? I mean, what are you seeing as distinct? I think there? we begin with common presuppositions, and I think that's the key word right there. I think for the most part, we're all Vantillians. Our founding fathers breathe the same, you know, the same theological air. They um, spoke a language that was very unique for their time. And I think we have been able to incorporate that into our denomination. And it began very small, but then we discovered later on that there were other people who felt the same way. Mm. And that little small communion where I began in 2009 had 30 churches. Now we have over 100 churches. Mm -hmm. And so there's a cohesiveness and a harmony to it that I think strengthens the bonds of our relationship. And I think most denominations speak uh, a variety of languages, and we we are content in speaking that one language. So that has to harmony to our, not only our life, but our I want you to finish explaining well. the other things. Yeah. But, but like just as a practical example. You got us already started, man. So, but I, but yeah. I think the, um, I think there's a, um, that communion you're talking about or that fellowship you're talking about is sort of this, is a shared worldview that is both um, shares certain theological convictions. It's reformed and evangelical, which is in the name. But I think there's also this, um, intentional personalism. Uh, agree, yeah. Like so, every new church that mm. has come in since then has to, for example, very practically, it's it comes in by like the personal recommendation of another church. Yeah. So there's an individual church that actually that's gets, the only way to get in. Gets to know another church 
and decides to vouch for them. And that's how, you be, that's how a church comes in, or else a church can personally plant another church. Not there's a standing no, committee, in other there, words, but no, a real church. There's no, yeah, there's yeah. no standing committees. There's no com- like There are committees here and there, but the real action takes place with local churches and personal relationships and, and people saying, I know them. I've seen them. this pastor with his kids and his wife. He's a godly mm. man. Mm. The kids are faithful. Um, the church is thriving. And then I think with that personalism, I would just add is just sort of this a real um, a lot of joy. Absolutely. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know how like so we all we ha- so presbyteries are smaller groups, collections of churches in different regions. Like Northwest Presbytery yeah. called yeah. Ansem. Or, yeah, yeah. Or, well, there's a Knox, Knox Presbytery, Knox there's Presbytery. an Anselm Presbytery, yeah. and so on. There's smaller groups of churches, and they just finished meeting earlier today. And then delegates from each of those presbyteries, um, two from each presbytery, go to what's called council. Jerry and Yuri, they're both on council. They're like holy men. They're like, they're uh, like I our, knew I felt something. They're like our high Extremely priest. Extremely important. Yeah. <laughs> Rub some of that noise. What, what was that? Do <laughs> you have a seizure? We don't know. Oh, I no, thought it was a seizure. He's having a seizure. But, so, Yuri, go ahead. I want you to continue. But, but I want him to finish. Just yeah. last thing real quick. Is just Checking. At, at your presbyteries, I'm at, like, I, at Knox, we met in this room, actually. Knox Presbyterian met in this room. And like, so you're doing business and it's like kind of grind. It's, it's a little bit of a grind. You like got to work through stuff. Ours was great. And, but in the middle of it all, I mean, there is a lot of laughter. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we mm-hmm. have like, you know, old running jokes. There's people that are, you know, kind of poking at each other in, in a good friendly way. Yeah. Um, it's a, that kind of communion. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that sort of uh, commonality in in the theme of laughter is probably what is most pervasive about our denomination. And I think also it's what's most attractive mm. about who we are as a people. They come and they will say, look, I don't understand your theological distinctives. I don't understand your liturgical nature, but I do see what I see. Right. And what I see are a bunch of happy children who are desiring to grow in godliness and faith. And I see yeah. parents who are committed to a particular way of raising children. And that's very attractive for the watching world. Uh, we, I still want to get to your theological, um, liturgical points here. But you made me think of, you know, the CRECs. it's a young denomination, so the sins aren't grown up. That's right. Right? Yeah. Um, what, and Jerry, you chime in here too. What concerns you or what do you see that like, hey, we need to kind of be talking about this? Yeah. Because this name could, names, this, Jerry. Name, name names. Not, uh, names, issues, whatever. That gay like, branch. This could grow up. <laughs> Second, gay branch. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! And we just had a council right there. Look at that. <laughs> I move. False tongues. <laughs> Speaking in false tongues. So what are some? Without like, interpretation. They have to be there. What are some infantile sins or issues that you see that concern you um, in the CREC? You know, be, be frank, be honest. Wow. Um. Outing the brothers on a talk show. <laughs> that kind of that kind of Can disloyalty I? and uh, like petty, petty grievances and chips on your shoulders. No, he's not. Even, I'll, okay, I'll he's okay. not even kidding. Yeah, well, that can be a thing. Um, I mean, I think everybody is dealing with uh, all of all the questions and uh, the shifting ground of sexuality mm. and how we're going to approach that. And uh, we have talked about it, debated stuff, dealt with it. We adopted a first draft on a statement on marriage, sexuality, and procreation, I think it was called, something like that, just then. And so um, we're not immune to those issues. We've been talking about them and working through them, and I'm really, I think we're really pleased with where things are at, but um, that's one place that we've been buckling down and working through the last couple of years, and there have been controversies, and there have been debates, and and, um, healthy knocks, and... 
yeah, faithful wounds. So that's, that'd be one of them. Yeah. Right, and I think, I think where we probably succeed best is in, in being sons of Issachar and being able to read the times and say, here's a trajectory that yeah. nobody in other theological traditions are seeing. Mm. But because of our forefathers, because we've done our homework in uh, reading our Schaefer's, our Rush Doonies, our Van Til. Come on now, preach, man. <laughs> <laughs> what we see is a trajectory that if it's not dealt with in a, in a, in a winsome biblical fashion, biblical yeah. fashion, right, um, it's going to lead in a certain direction. And name, we have, name one. Name, just give us an example of what, what the, you thought the CRAC did well in reading the trajectory, reading yeah. the times. Well, the, the classic example, I think, is on the issue of sexuality. We, we thought that people in other theological reform traditions could, um, we looked at the way they were talking about sexuality, mm -hmm. and there were, as I say, there were too many sophisticated footnotes. Mm. And I think that is in danger. When you begin to mm. nuance to death certain things that are clear, mm -hmm. what, happens is yeah. the what happens is later on, future traditions, future generations begin to add additional sophisticated footnotes. Yeah. And that kind of reality leads to what we see right now in the Presbyterian Church of America, for example. It is perhaps the same trajectory that the PCUSA faced right. in yeah. the 1970s That's and 80s, right. yeah. and they are suffering tremendously now because of it. But if they're celibate... Yeah. That, then ah. you can still be gay. That's a sophisticated foot, right? Yeah. But, that, but that's exactly what they yeah. did. Yeah. No, and, and, and it's like, and, and we have the audacity to think that, that you know. And I say we, the PCA has the audacity to think anyone agrees with the revoice stuff thinks like, but we're going to be different. Like, no, it started exactly the same way. Like, no, no, they're not practicing. Right. They just have these deeply, you know, these deep desires and urges. Um, because Gabe likes rabbit trails, we still haven't gotten to the three things that really, from we, you, we didn't two of them. We did two of them. Right. We barely got through. We barely got through one. One of the distinctives, the liturgical one, and you can comment on it, but that's also one that um, there's healthy disagreement. There's healthy, we are a, there's a lot of freedom in this area. see a lot of local autonomy to put together your liturgy how you want to according to your session. And there are churches that are higher and there are churches that are lower. And whoa, there are church, there whoa, are class th there are churches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like look at look at Yuri's collar, you know. Uh, and what that's about a, my tie? That's 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 nice. Look, look, that yeah. is nice. And you're square. Yeah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> but you, there's a lot of there's a lot of um, healthy disagreement on what is best, how to do it that way. And I think it's charitable. And I think and, and people are are um, and there's there's diversity. There's charity. And it's a real tension. It's a good yeah. one, I think. Um, yeah. Because basically, we want to say you can't hide in the liturgy. Yeah. We want beauty. We want glory. And we don't want to go the way that mainline, apostate, feminized, horrible uh, churches have gone. So um, maybe talk about that. Put some. Put some kind of. Uh, we got a lot of people who listen to the show who are who are not don't know much about liturgy. Don't sure. you know? Are very high liturgical at all, or not even really low liturgy. Right. You know, maybe kind of just. To they don't even know what liturgy means. I was going to say yeah. that's yeah. Yeah. not a word that's used yeah. a lot. So like you're speaking yeah. in tongues. Flesh that out a little yeah. bit. Okay. Okay. Liturgy, just referring to the worship service, the way it's put together, the work of the people, and we follow covenant renewal, which means basically there's a call to worship, there's a confession of sin. There is a consecration where the word is preached and we say prayers. The word cuts us up and changes us like the ascension offering in the Old Testament. Mm. And, and then we have communion and everybody is committed. I think this would be true. Yeah. Um, you probably don't have to, actually. There's probably room if you're not yeah. there yet. But everybody generally would take weekly communion and then we're commissioned to go out. And so we... The uh, five C's. Yeah, the five C's. Yeah. Um, and it's this wonderful... Uh, covenant renewal, where we're meeting with God and we're welcoming children who are baptized to be to take paedo communion, uh, to take communion, 
as long as they're generally awake uh, for the supper. And again, <laughs> there's room for different convictions on that as well. Right. That's generally what people do. Um, so that's what I mean by liturgically. But there's uh, kind of a diversity within that. Like uh, most CREC churches that you attend, you could expect that basic structure. Right. And then there's a, a variety, a diversity uh, around that. And I if wanna, you're not there, you could still come in. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I, I still want to go back to your point. There was three things. Could you name those three things again that define the Culture, CREC? liturgy. Culture, theology, and liturgy. See, there was a reason that you set it up like that because liturgy is at the end of that. So go kind of. Jerry walk. just jumped right to the. Yeah, end. he yeah. jumped right to the liturgy. Yeah, he, but he, you dessert. Now go back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Give us the meat. I, I second what Jerry said. I'm gonna go back to the original motion. Um, I think whoa, I think with Jerry, uh, Jerry made a good point about liturgy. The the persuasion that even I'm in the South, so the persuasion that evangelicals have, um, they're not looking to be persuaded, but they don't come into our congregations and say, "My goodness, I have been wanting." a confession of sins like this all my life. <laughs> what they're looking for are particular relational connections mm. that allow them to worship in an environment where they feel that they are not only safe, but an environment where they believe they're being ministered to in a particular way, in a way that um, doesn't diminish the authority of the Scriptures. At least that's the attraction to our congregations. That, that being in place, once the cultural dimension is um, been embraced and imbibed of, what happens after that is they begin to realize that there's a reason our culture functions this way, right. and it's because of our theological distinctives. Right. So our theological distinctives is in addition to the culture, but the way people come in, at least my experience, Toby, out of, yeah. has been through the cultural dimension. They say, my goodness, this is what I hear a lot, Gabe. They come to our congregation, they say, I have never been invited to someone's home in all my life. And here, for the first time, I've had five invitations the first 20 minutes after the worship service. <laughs> yeah. 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 Does that make yes, sense? Right? Yes, yeah. absolutely. So what that does is it provides the kind of ethos and the environment to say, okay, so I buy into this here. What's uniquely theological about what you guys represent? Or the psalm singing. I mean, that's another or the one. psalm singing. Like, with the children present. Uh, yeah, the with children, the children. Yeah, um, the kids are there. Yeah. But, uh, but I mean, like, I, I think that's another one would be psalm singing, where like, people come in and they're like, wow, I've never been in a service like this before, but it was really beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and like, oftentimes I hear like, and the men sing. Yeah, I've heard or, that. Or, you know, or all the kids love these psalms. And we've done this a few times. I mean, at our, our Fight, Laugh, Feast conferences, yeah. um, we, we've brought Aaron Snell out um, from Moscow, and he leads just an acapella psalm singing and yeah. hymn singing. And, and, and probably three quarters have never sung a song. And, 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 and we've heard over and over again people being like, this is our favorite thing. Like, of all, like we look forward to singing hymns and psalms that That's we've great. never sung before at the top of our lungs yeah. with our kids. And, and our kids love it. And the cultural dimension of it, once, it's, uh, once they say, you know, I feel this is unique. I'm, I feel like they are not only respecting me, but they're treating me with honor and dignity. I love the hospitality they provide. Yeah. Suddenly they say, wow, so that the liturgy and the theology are incorporated into what we do as a people. And so that opens them up to the theological questions, which are unique. And so we can talk about that if you want, about sure. the theological distinctives. So we hold to, in our congregation, we talk about the six Ps of uh, the CREC. Oh. Walk, walk us down that line. <laughs> well, we might be going to need some more of this Keep wine, it clean. We? <laughs> Keep it clean. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is the uh, this is the alliteration of my Baptist tradition, <laughs> and uh, just to name a few, but we talk about predestination, yep, predestination. which is unique about right our right on the front. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, this, this draws you know, waiting, the uh, this draws the <laughs> Davids of this world, Reformed Baptists. We say, you know, this yeah. is who we are, yeah. predestination, yeah. Okay. and then we go into other issues regarding eschatology. So in our case, it would be a post millennial 
yep. uh, tradition. Mm -hmm. yep. And then the, the third dimension of it, we actually include psalm singing as a distinctive of our church. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. A psalm starts with a P. Yeah. It starts yeah. with a P. Hooked on phonics. That's right. That's right. Some presents call it yeah. silent, It's a silent P. It's this silent just got productive. <laughs> it's just got productive. Might, Gabe's excited. I might have a Rick Perry moment. We're six, uh. not three. <laughs> <laughs> but you go from there, and then the, the fourth one, which I think is always a little cat, uh, difficult for a lot of people, is the we refer to as a pedo life which covers not only pedo communion but pedo baptism but also what Jerry was talking about which is the the role of children in the liturgical expression of the church mm. and so what they see when they come to our congregation is the application of all of that they're just not aware of it but the pedo life the life of infants in our congregation is probably the most mm -hmm. it permeates everything mm -hmm. so there is we talk about the for us as preachers we talk about the the background music to our sermons are crying babies. Mm -hmm. And we view that yes. as a... Saw made. Saw yeah. made, exactly. Yeah. Right. We view that as a, as a necessary background, and we encourage parents to make that um, yeah. a part of their day-to-day -day yeah. Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, God has ordained strength to silence the enemy and the avenger. Is that Old Testament, though? Yeah. <laughs> and it's quoted <laughs> in the New Testament. When Jesus rides in on the donkey yeah. and the kids are still shouting his praises and the yeah. priests say, do you hear what they're saying? Mm. Can you make them shut up? And Jesus says, absolutely not. Have, don't you know Psalm 8? Well, exactly. those are probably Ooh. circumcised kids. Oh, wait a second. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay, never mind. Go ahead. You were saying. You were saying. You were saying. They're female kids, too. So we, that, we don't do that. That's not, right. that's not okay. Right. So I got to move on from and Jerry. And that's on a distinctive. I'm going to turn also. the corner quick. Um, so that was five P's? Was that? Four. Was that four? He's just getting four. warmed up. Finish strong. Finish up. strong. Yeah. Yeah. Two more. We only have nine Two more. Minutes. And so we, we, now at this point, we have to start making things up now. Yeah. Uh -huh. We refer to the preeminence of worship. We're not that creative. We're not that creative. This is not the denomination. This is just Yuri's church, <laughs> by the way. This you know what? So, you know, we have 19 P's, and I'm not, I'm not going to go into it. Every Reformed and Baptist is loving you right now because they do this too. Yeah. And then to end things up, to really reveal our cards we are presuppositionalists okay okay, <laughs> yeah. okay. So, started with which means yeah. we believe in oh, yes. the centrality and the authority and the self-authenticating nature of the scriptures as the beginning and starting point of all our doing and all our mm -hmm. being yeah. that, that was really helpful i wanted to um you made me think of like culture all over again as you're kind of yeah. walking through this and when i've talked to uh when i talked to newer people in our church we've had what four or five hundred new people come to our, join our church in the last wow. um year and how many have you talked to? Um, tell uh, the well, truth. as many as I can. Okay. Seven. Okay. Yeah. We got four <laughs> services. We got, we got four services. I'm still getting to know Knox. How many do you go to? <laughs> but, top. but oftentimes, I think the theology is all there behind all this. When, but, but the new, new people are coming in and saying, I like how the dads stand in the back with the kids. Yeah. yeah. You know, I like um, all the, you know, I like taking weekly communion. Yeah. You know, they don't might not have the verbiage or terminology or caught up there um, theologically on it, and, and then and then I like how my kids are worshiping together yeah. with and all these kids are sitting still and they're. I just want to point out, so on the dad standing in the back, like the, what that is practically is, it, what we want our kids worshiping with us yeah. because yeah. they're that necessary background. They're they're the backbeat. You know, they're, you know, whatever. That, that's that. they're making sure their family can stay in the rows but, while they but go that, but that's deal a, with the whiny that's, kid. But we don't teach them that. Um, that means mom's job is a lot harder. 
We, right. we would t tell dads, step up, man, so right. that your yeah. wife can worship. So that means that's the dad standing in the back is, the Love dad, your wife. is yeah. loving his wife, right. taking care of the kid, making sure his family's there worshiping as much as possible and supporting his wife. And I noticed that when I started going to the Christ Church in 2002, is my first introduction into CREC churches. I was uh, 23. I was in college. Um, Jerry was super immature at the time. <laughs> and uh, but You were that, 23 that, in college. Yeah. <laughs> I was working, which I is was fine. working on my six-year bachelor's. He's on the eight-year plan. <laughs> oh, I should have separated you two. <laughs> and I'm was, still immature, so but, back off. But that was, but that was as a 23-year-old, I noticed that. Like, yeah. I had no, yeah. I mean, I wasn't even thinking of marriage right. in that moment. But you're like, that's a dude right there. And that's a guy right there. I remember, you know. You I, weren't I, thinking I, about marriage? No, not at the time, man. I was, dude, I was a baller. <laughs> <laughs> or not. Or not. <laughs> you, know, I, you know, I really want, you know, get, you know, this interesting. So when I, when I got to Moscow, I stayed there for three years. One of the things that's really important to me, the reason why I stayed there longer than that, because my contract was done. I was ready to leave, go to back to Atlanta. I realized there was a form of masculinity that I had not come to realize in myself yet. And being around, you know, everybody talks about Doug and all that. That's great. It's lovely. But there's a certain culture of men that I saw that was like, I want to be like those guys. Yeah, I want to be yeah. godly father like those guys. And it made me say, I have to figure out what's going on here. That's kind of to the culture part that you were talking about. But I want to get to something else. I want to get to this last two years has been probably the most challenging part for most churches. And you got, you're in Washington. You're in Florida. You guys, you guys are complete polar opposite of the spectrum of what's going on. I just want to start with you, Jerry. Like, Covering the coasts. Yeah. How, how has right. Some of the challenges you guys have experienced, how have you guys managed, especially being in Washington? You guys aren't allowed to breathe fresh air there. Yeah. 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 How's that been? I mean, you live in Chaz, right? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. So I've got all this free paint on my car. And yeah. No, it's, it's wonderful in Washington. And everyone should move there. <laughs> you mean that, to too. To where we are. Yeah, yeah no, that's, I, that's I actually what, do. That's uh, what's crazy about Jerry. Whenever he's uh, talking about Washington, he loves it. He's like, yeah, move there. All, all the things we're dealing with are all small and petty things. Um, and if you... And, and they're... Uh, for, if you own a business, you know, if you're in certain, if you if you were to have a business downtown Seattle and Chaz, that would not be petty. That would be very serious. Um, right. But outside of that, you know, we're in the suburb of Bothell, and um, it's been a it's been a wonderful time because for the first time, if you walk around cheerful and you walk through Costco, they will hand you a mask. You say thanks very much. You walk in and don't wear it, and most people are, and you smile at people and you greet people that you don't know. Yeah. And you're immediately different. Um, yeah. And you were different before, but and people will ask you. People will say nice things to you because you're smiling at them. Right. And wow. you will have opportunities. They will ask you what's going on. Um, you know, the way you approach it, not grumpy, but faithful and strong. I've had, I think all Christians who are paying attention have had more opportunities to share the gospel and realize that, you know, getting together with your neighbors, worshiping in person, having uh, fellowship, having just a relationship with your neighbor is not, um, it's a gift of common grace, right. but it's really, common grace is really driven by the gospel and how society embraces Jesus or not yeah. results in all these freedoms that we used to take for granted. We don't anymore. And so we're dealing with a little bit of pushback and it just makes us more aware of how uh, incredible these gifts are these ordinary gifts wow and yeah. and therefore um and a lot of people with our values but who don't know our god yet and those people you know are whoa the church is meeting mm. and and mm. pushing back but doing it in a winsome way 
And people are coming to Christ. And Christians who are lousy churches, who are just going along with everything, right. are now looking for places to worship. And right. so we've benefited from that, as a, the vast majority of churches in our communion. Yeah. What, what would it so. look like? Because so, I look at Washington and I look at California, I'm like one and the same. You guys have horrible governors. You guys are getting a lot of pressure to um, bend the knee. And yet... I'm telling a lot of people in California, if you can find a way, if you don't have a healthy church, get up out of there, find a place to go take some ground from. Florida looks pretty good. you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Seriously, like it, so find who's going to let you be free and operate. What would it take for you to leave Washington at this point? Um, you know, the reformers uh, said that you, you uh, pray and preach uh, and you prosecute if you need to. You use mm. your rights the way Apostle Paul did. And then when you can't do that peacefully, when you can't live, then you flee. And not until. And then if you're running away and they are trying to kill you or hurt you, then you turn and defend yourself. So I'm not going mm. until it's impossible to be to do my job and live there. Um, and you, like you said, if you don't have a church, and there's we have churches in our presbytery in California, and I, th this is the opportunity for a whole lot more because there's a lot of people that are not going for good reason. Mm -hmm. I don't mm -hmm. blame people if they do go, but I think we should stay uh, stick, mm. strengthen. Now is the time. I was just, you know, our ma our vaccine, uh, show your va vaccine passport card to get a business went into effect in King County a few days ago on Monday. Yeah. And my exhortation to the congregation was, we've not resisted <coughs> the shedding of blood. This is not famine, <coughs> persecution, death, nakedness. This is, and there's a lot of businesses that are not going to comply. They're not going to require vaccine right. cards at the door. Right. And, and so we should support those businesses, and we should gently challenge those, respectfully challenge, firmly challenge those who are. Huge opportunity. Um, and, yeah, yeah. And running – I'm thankful. For, a lot of churches don't have – people don't have decent churches. I'm thankful they're showing up in Idaho. Um, but I think we should be careful before we tell people to flee from their post that we overtook the Roman Empire because Christians stayed in Rome. And sometimes they left, Amen. and right. then they went Amen. back to the city. Right. That's how we took the empire, and it only took us a couple hundred years to do it. Right. 300 years, right? Right. Um, yeah, I'm more so, of a microwave kind of guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think Jesus, like I think Jesus said barbecue. the kingdom is like a microwave. <laughs> I think he said, press the button, and out comes your hot pocket. <laughs> Glory to God. No. I, I want to be in the blooming no. season, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Yuri, what about you? What's the situation like? for you in Florida, Pensacola, Florida. Um, what's it been like there for the last couple of year and a half, and what are you seeing there? You know, I, first of all, we have a much better governor than Jerry does, but I think <laughs> yeah. that's... Are you for president. Are you president? Our future president, I should say. <laughs> we agree on this. But I think that's the nature of things, that in a country like, like ours, you're going to have different, you know, different um, values, um, different morality imposed upon a population. There's a, there's a beauty to it, but the what stays the same, however, is the church's role. And I have mm. argued for a very mm. long time, but there's a uh, phrase this way. There's a splendor to the ordinary that means that guys like, like the three of us who have been, we kind of came into the CRC about the same time. We did. We've been doing the same thing for 12, 13, 14, 15 years. I was way earlier than you. It's we, fine. A little bit <laughs> earlier than me? Yeah. We've been doing <laughs> yeah, the liturgical, the yeah. third dimension. of. We have been liturgizing our population we have been, been liturgizing. That is a verb. We've been liturgizing. And Gabe, you can I mean, use I mean, that, that now. Tweet that. that. If we had the shotgun. Yuri said it. Yeah. <laughs> Burrito. He's got I it. I love coin. I'm the master of a religious coining. And I think we have been discipling our children for such a time as this. Right. Which means that the, the young men who were young fathers 13 years ago when I started pastoring are now mature men, mm -hmm. older fathers who said, you know, you know, Pastor, you have been preparing me for this. You've been preparing me through the call of, to worship, through the confession, through the consecration, through the Lord's Supper, the communion, and through the commission. Every Sunday, 
everything you have taught us, this is our time to manifest all those things. So, but Florida's had it a little easier. We've had it in the early days, things were um, relatively uncertain. So we, have to, we had to make decisions. Mm -hmm. And the decisions we made early on, which is, this is a unique dimension as well, that our churches made decisions that were coherent, uh, that went against the tide. Other denominations were struggling in great depth yeah. as to what yeah. to do. Our churches knew precisely what to do because our culture, our theology, and liturgy dictated a particular decision. That's right. And That's we made it point. boldly, and we made it with very, very little hesitation. We, we struggled. We, we worked hard to come to the right conclusions. I mean, we, I think everybody, well, I mean, not everybody, a lot of people, we had to work at it, right? We had to pray. We had to, it wasn't like obvious no, no, completely. We, Most churches took a couple weeks off yeah. and then realized that, like in Washington State, it was obvious that the, the goalposts were shifting, so we, right. we, we got offline and right away. The thing, that, the thing that I was going to say, Gary, about what we just said is exactly right, but I, and I think what it is is like the, if somebody's wondering, like, how does that worship have to do with preparing? I think the fundamental thing, I mean, it's at multiple levels because God is at work, right. but the, the fundamental thing, I think, is, is just a, a real uh, strident commitment to the Word of God. And just saying, like, what, what does the Bible say? And, like, we say that the Bible is the word of God, and it is what we need for life and practice and everything. But I think it's another thing to do it. And I think one of the things that we've stri we're striving to do is in our worship and in our culture is say, what does God say? What does the Bible say? And that's, like, why, like, if you're like, why do we have communion every week? Or, why, you know, why would we order our service this way? It's because well, we actually believe that God's word directs us to worship this way. Relevant. And and so, but it's that practical practice of like every week doing what God would have us to do, is part of what's preparing you then to say okay. And then you know, it, you know, there's a shutdown order. Churches are not essential apparently. Yeah. And then and and I think there's a there is a, thank thankfully again to our father like our fathers in the faith who started this denomination and even before them the, the, our our forefathers. Have, have given us this instinct of wait 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 what does the Bible say and yeah. you quit like flip yeah. through it and you're like wait a second it, it doesn't say the church is non essential it doesn't say that Zoom church is just as good as face to face in person it doesn't church. say the government has the authority to shut the exactly, church down exactly yeah. and so I, I think while everybody recognizes that in a, a true bubonic plague emergency like you got to make some adjustments and so everybody was sort of like okay is that what this is and there was this like brief momentary pause everybody's like okay we'll give you the benefit of the doubt. And then two, three weeks into it, we're like, "Nah, this is not what that is at all." And um, and we're like, "No, we're we're gonna we're gonna go back to church." We're like, and that's and I think that's what um, we've ahead, I think all seen across our denomination is a broad um, agreement on that is no, church is important, Absolutely. church is essential, mm -hmm. and uh, we're going back to worship. And then I think that bleeds into how you deal with the you know show your cards show your paperwork right um you know how you deal with the governor how you deal with the costco guy handing <coughs> you the mask principled resistance it's it's well what does the bible say like yeah, we're gonna resistance. cheerful principled resistance so you were gonna jump were you gonna jump in no okay so here's what i want to do so we got to go you gotta let you guys eat but i want to real quick there's a lot of people i've been watching in other denominations who um are thinking about leaving but they don't, and there's other. There's another group. So that's one group, and there's another group of people that are not in any denomination. Right. Uh, they're Baptistic. They don't know if they fit inside this kind of circle, but they really like. You know, what you they can see. be. A, you can be a Baptist in CRC. Uh, so that's what I want to talk about. Okay. I want. I want you guys to to lay out a pitch for why these brothers need to go ahead and either there's some brothers are not a part of any denomination. So that's one group, and another group we're looking like 
my denomination is collapsing on top of me. Mm. And I know I don't want to be by myself out here, but I know I need to be with somebody. I want you guys to pitch the CREC to him. Okay. Easily done. <laughs> well, so don't uh, forget those two our, groups. Our church, Emmanuel Church, planted out of uh, one of those first original three CREC churches, which is now Trinity Church. And uh, when they when we founded the denomination, they realized that each independent church is a denomination unto itself. So if you are an, in, an independent church, nothing wrong with that necessarily, um, but you're an island, and it, and it's good to be in a group of like-minded brothers to hold you accountable and bless you and pray for you and support you and you to them. And so uh, joining a denomination, no one's really non-denom. If you're non-denom, you're your own denom, and becoming part of a broader group in, increases the unity in the church. So that's a pitch just to get into it. And uh, But I'm Baptist. <clears throat> so. Yeah, that's great. So you can be Baptist because we think... We have chosen not to divide on that issue. You can be Baptist, Pado Baptist, um, charismatic, and depending on what that means, um, there mm. is you can have different views of the sign gifts. I'm, now, how that's practiced that matters, um, but we would not just close the door because someone said that word. That's for sure. That means a lot of different things. Yeah, a lot yeah, of different places. yeah. So our denomination accepts these things. You have to pick a all the ancient creeds. You have to subscribe to. Obviously, Apostles, Chalcedon, um, or 1689. That's where the Baptist thing comes in. Well, right. Those, those are the modern creeds. Then you pick yeah, a yeah. modern reform creed, including London Baptist yeah. or whatever. And, and so those guys are welcome. And uh, there is a ton of freedom and yet still form and unity. The three, the three founding churches, the reason why they formed the CREC was they were committed to recognizing we, sh we, don't, we, should, we're, we shouldn't be alone. We shouldn't stay alone. We need to join with other like-minded believers, and we need accountability and encouragement. But they actually had in the eldership of those three churches um, some Pado Baptist and some um, Baptist, um, yep. Credo Baptist um, elders. And so the Baptist denominations wouldn't take them, <laughs> and, the, and the Presbyterian denominations wouldn't take them. So right. anybody who's like, well, why didn't they join the PCA or why didn't you join the OPC? Well, that's why. Because they would have, and they were committed to not dividing over that they issue. Take those three churches together. Yeah. yeah. And, and last yeah. Sunday, we had a Pado Baptism with a baby, and then we, and we, had, we had professing people who are Baptists, who are coming to us out of a Baptist church, yeah. and, uh, you know, same, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Right. So we are not, right. mm, that's, that's it's I, a beautiful I've thing. I've done, on the same Sunday, I've done an immersion in one of those, yes. big, in one of those yep. big tubs. I've done that too, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and then right afterwards, I used some of the water in the bathtub, and I poured it over <laughs> a baby in the same, in the same service. <laughs> and they both counted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Turns out. Go ahead, brother. Well, I think pe what people are seeing today is they're seeing there there are primary issues, let's say creedal issues, the Nicene Creed, for example, that Christians ought to agree, right, in order to refer to themselves as Christians. But then there are secondary issues, and the secondary issues is where you form harmonious theological communities. If you take away the secondary issues, you, you can have all sorts of issues within the church that doesn't provide the cohesiveness that it, it, it demands to exist in a thriving community. So theological communities, they will succeed if they have certain things in common that are of secondary nature. They're not salvific in nature. Mm -hmm. They're secondary nature. And I think what any tradition is seeing in the CREC, the reason we have grown so much in these last two years is because people outside, Baptists, Presbyterians, are looking at us. They're saying, we need a group of people with whom we agree, who share our values, and who are courageous in a way that we have never seen in our local congregations. Mm -hmm. And so what COVID, the lockdowns did, is it allowed people to reflect and to think more carefully about why they were in that particular context. Mm -hmm. 
and they realized that the rationale they have used for years was not a valid okay. rationale. Was yeah. It was not a valid. And so it, 10 years ago, I made public statements in conferences where I said, I disagree with people driving an hour, an hour and a half to get to a local church. I feel completely different about that today. <laughs> as long as they're driving to yours. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. I didn't say that. <laughs> Enjoy your drive. If you find, a, in our context, there are 300 churches. If you find a local church that believes strongly in the authority of the Bible and is committed to opposing these antagonistic systems that despise the word of God. Racial division. Race, yes. Mm. You should drive an hour and a half because the Bible is going to form your family in a Go particular way. Yeah. And the central means God uses to form these families is the local church. Right. Mm -hmm. And I would have no hesitation in encouraging families to drive from Alabama to, to Florida, whatever neighboring states there to, your, to Jerry's uh, local congregation or to whatever congregation they believe to be faithful yeah. in, the, uh, in the nurturing of... Um, that family's um, it's wonderful training. Right, yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty unique thing to come to a, a council like this. Um, our presiding minister, Virgil Hurt, set it up, and, and there's, like, these talks sprinkled through, like, these 20-minute talks, kind of like a little mini-conference, like, sprinkled through the whole, whole event. And, um, you know, hearing talks where just over and over again, um, it, the, the theme this year is fight the good fight, and um, the encouragement to stand against uh, the sexual perversion jihad. Um, stand against this woke um, critical theory stuff. Um, the uh, stand against statism and looking to the state and this overreaching state um, and so on. Um, I mean, we're hearing that kind of encouragement um, all day long. Yep. And, um, and so it, it makes you really grateful to be around so many faithful men who, I, I, back to your point, I mean, I think courage. I, mean, I think yeah. that's been one of the other um, um, uh, repeated themes is um, is just the fact that I mean this is a moment um, for courage. Yeah. You know, one of the things too, I just and I'll, I'll say this and we can end, but I've enjoyed watching since I've been a part of the CREC, watching brothers fight with each other, mm -hmm. because I've watched and this has just been me over the last eight years, watching this happen or that happen and brothers engage, and they're not afraid to get in it and mix the it up. The fighting's back. And, well, it was until just about two years ago <laughs> because watching that fight, that those tit-for-tats with each other, working through theological differences, having a panel on it, not afraid to talk to each other, right. boom, then COVID hits. And I watch this kind of like, you know, the, the tuner, when you hit it, and then it shakes right into place. Yeah. It's like COVID hit, and I saw brothers who were kind of spatting a little bit come in right unified, yeah. ready to attack. And I'm like, yeah. that's dangerous. Yeah. When you got two guys who are good fighters come together, like, we got our eyes on you, it's like, you in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> right? And it's been yeah. a blessing watching those, those tools, those weapons getting sharpened, and other people, the body, become sharper for it, yeah. and then learning how to be in fellowship with somebody that they don't always agree 100% with. Yeah. And so it's, I don't see that practice. It's like, oh, we disagree. I'm done with you. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. Let's, let's mix it up. Grab some beer. Grab yeah. a cigar. Yeah. Let's sit down and have it fight, out. Laugh. Uh, fight, laugh, and feast. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been beautiful watching, at least newly into this game. I guess I've been to about eight years in. I've been to more than you have, huh? Yeah. 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 I would just say... Um, related to that, that, you know, I grew up in the PCA. I was there until 97, so I was there for about 15, 16, 17, 18 years. Um, and once a denomination, I think, stops fighting with themselves in-house, mm -hmm. working through theological issues, working through disagreements, yeah. um, I kind of think that denomination's done. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't yeah. think the PCA really sorts through, really fights through issues anymore. Um, you know, the best they can do is drum up a committee that that kind of gives a, a major and a minor, um, and but it's not it's not it, the debate's not happening 
during the day online. I think I think some are, I think there are pockets no, of it. Still. There, there are. There, there are, are still pockets. Uh, um, but it's it's I, I it's know, tough. It's I've, tough. I've talked to a number of pastors in the PCA. Did the PCA hurt you, Gabe? They hurt you, didn't they? I totally do. No. No, um, a lot I, are not, but some are. Yeah. yeah no, I think I think there's some. Yeah. But it's it's just to me, it's very um, and that could be a few fit. and far between, and very impotent as far as it goes. I mean, there's a, the, the PCA. If all the conservatives showed up, Revoice would be done. Like that. Like I, the the Texas PCA is sitting on its hands. Um, you know, so I, I think my, my whole point is there. And now I think the SBC had some good fights this last year, but that just started. Like, yeah. like founders just got engaged. Yeah. You yep. know, um, the SBC just finally started getting some good conversation and fighting going on. So I just really encourage the CRAC and the pastors particularly to kind of lead the charge and working through issues with one another and fighting with one another in, the, in all the right ways, joyfully and, yeah. and in a way that you're working towards unity and not division. Right. And so iron so sharpening I iron. think that's a really healthy yeah. thing in the CRAC, and I don't want to ever see that go. And those, and those who stand should take heed lest they fall. Right. Um, that's right. There's yeah. nothing unique about us that is not common to everybody else. That's right. right. And that's right. I was also, I know that we're talking about, we're here, we're talking about our meetings and our denomination. One of the things I've also loved about us is that we're not a small tent. We know uh, we're insignificant in the great uh, kingdom of God, and that there are all these faithful brothers, Trinitarian Christians, and yeah. all these yeah. denominations, yeah. and, they're, and yeah. a lot of them are fighting the good fight, and, you know, things turn around, right? Just right. like America can go, go down the tank, and we know the kingdom is thriving in South America, and the South, Southern Hemisphere, and the That's East, right. yeah. and while while we're struggling to hold China. our own, yeah, yeah. go apostate. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see, and that happens denominationally as well, so yeah. it's a time to be faithful and encourage everybody, for sure. Yeah. I, I agree. I would suspect that a lot of denominations overall have felt a certain sense of security in their unity in their first 20 years of existence. Yeah. Right? So I agree with your point. It's a very good point because I think we need to be remain courageous in our in our, our warfare and we also need to be as committed to our relationships to one another, to mm. our feasting, right. and to our loving of one another, because I think that's where denominations begin to fall apart. It's not at the theological level, it's at the relational level. Right. Yeah. When that's pastors right. begin to sort of build these barriers and they build, you know, they divide against each other over relational issues, and it becomes a personality dimension. Where the CREC will thrive in the next 20 years is if we continue drinking good wine with one another, smoking cigars, and talking through these issues very Repenting seriously. Repenting of our sins. Repenting of our sins. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. That's a good cigar and, also. And also it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little bitter but, going but, down. But, but continue but to stress it. those things which make us who we are. Yeah. Continue to well. stress them. <laughs> and I think, that's right. I think we succeed in that. Uh, morning. All right, I'm ready for dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's good. Thanks appreciate for having us. Uh, yeah, really thank you guys. It, appreciate you guys. Appreciate yeah. you fight yeah. these guys. <laughs> thank you. Hi, I'm Robert Borton, CEO of Classical Conversations. Our most precious commodity is time. No one has ever lied on their deathbed wishing they had spent more time making money. They all wish they had spent more time creating a legacy. Our modern education system steals that legacy, steals that time from our children. That's why I'm passionate about homeschooling. That's why at Classical Conversations, we want to give you more time to create that legacy, follow your passions, and glorify God. Visit classicalconversations.com for more information.